Welcome back. Here's where you left off. Spoilers ahead for Convergence Book 3, Chapters 12 through 15. Today, we're recording live at the Hooded Goblin here in Halton Hills. Leonard, today we're talking about chapters 12 to 15. I personally found them really interesting. What did you think? It's uh, it's a very good continuation because uh, the last episode, we, ep- we ended in, ep- uh, in chapter 14. So when we moved to chapter... Sorry, chapter... 11, sorry. Then after that, when it, when it started again in chapter 12, it actually turned out really, really well because there was a lot of um, a lot a lot of unanswered questions from the last episode going into this episode, and it was very highly entertaining. Especially the um, especially there's a lot more backstories with uh, uh, regarding the uh, regarding a little bit more backstories overall, and it it ties into. I'm I'm just really having trouble explaining how how relevant this uh, this chapter is. I think were. I think that you and I have been looking for information about magic, and we got that we got that in spades in these chapters. We also got a little more information about Michelle and her objectives, and we sort of got a little bit more Mike that I was really enjoying a lot. Uh, and you know, as we begin chapter twelve, Kaz confirms that. The portal that he opened most likely didn't fully close. Yes. And so Michelle is calling him and they find Adirek, who was the knight who I was saying in previous episodes had been killed off way too soon. So we, we were calling him the third knight. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's uh, when the portal did not close properly. When we found that at the beginning of chapter 11. Uh, that's sorry, beginning of chapter twelve. We're kind of like it's sort of it's when we found this out. Um, they kind of like crap. It didn't close. Crap. What are we gonna do next? Crap. Do we really know it closed? It's like there's a lot more questions upon questions upon questions to ask, and no one knows how to write. No, doesn't know how to answer the questions properly. And it's kind of like it's like it's like asking you, hey, did you close the, did you close the garage door? Next thing you know, like I don't know, did I? I don't know. I didn't see you do it. Did you do it? I don't remember. So it's kind of one of those things that like it, it becomes this vicious cycle of like guessing and 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 just purely guessing you know the right answer. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And Kaz is conflicted in this chapter a lot. And because Michelle is in a way coming down on him with all of this with Adric and ask him if he was involved. And it's kind of a weird conversation that you have with an FBI agent where you're like, I I was there, but I technically didn't kill him. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> she's going to be like, what exactly does that mean? Yeah. Like, it, it's kind of funny though, because when, uh, when you said uh, when, when Edric died with his orange sword because he literally grabbed and stabbed his troth and now they're kind of questioning it's like hey we found a dead body and next thing you know it's like what's up you know really this really this was a michelle chapter this was a michelle chapter it's great it's great because she's learning more she's like why was he here was he one of yours she goes no, he was here to kill Merlin, and she's like, like Merlin, what, what Merlin, Merlin, Merlin. You mean Merlin? She's like, Merlin. Yeah, she's like, and I mean, I have to admit, she keeps on dealing with this in a very professional way. way because it's way too much information hitting her at once. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's uh, we're it's it's kind of funny though because when when Ed, when 
when Michelle questioned Edric why he's dead and Kaz explained why he was there in the same time tried to explain by the way the portal may or may not be open or closed and it was just a lot of information got shoved in one person in the span of like an hour of conversation not even an hour it feels like it's a 45 minute conversation you know it's like the whole world is like dropping guy's head uh, her head at the same time she's still an art cop <laughs> I, I love how he explains it to her. He goes into every every series you can think of. First, he calls him Voldemort, and then mm-hmm. it's Sauron. He's like, take take your evil guy persona, and that's what we're gonna call Adric. That's basically it. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 very very. It's it's the best way to describe it. It was a nice start of the uh, of of chapter twelve coming from chapter 11 and after that all the way to uh all the way to chapter 15 it was just a very very entertaining way to explain things well it's interesting that he he tells michelle all of this stuff but he stops at telling her about apophis he thought oh i shouldn't tell her about apophis god's coming back and so forth you know what? I disagree with that. The woman is handling this information very well. She I has think no she choice. <laughs> she has no choice to accept the accept the um, the the explanation coming out because if 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 you're Kaz and you're planning to tell an FBI, by the way, Apophis, um, Egyptian god, might come back and just kill us all. And how are we gonna take that? How how would you react if someone tells you that? Like, I don't know how I'm going to react. Am I going to believe the guy? Because right now, I barely believe magic exists, right? And now you're telling me this uh, godlike person be coming from the nether, tried to slave and kill everyone else. So you're kind of like, okay, if I tell this person, would they believe me? If they do believe me, who's gonna, she's, is she going to tell someone? If she does tell someone, she's going straight to uh, the mental institution here and popping pills for being like, you know, but I, I still come back to why wouldn't she just tell why wouldn't he just tell her about Apophis I mean admittedly her him telling her by the way there's going to be a god who's going to come through the portal portal that I did not close and oh also he wants to take over the world is a little bit more heady than just Edric was some crazy knight from whatever century that came in to kill Merlin I mean it, there is a difference here I admit but yeah it, it's, it's, I mean, it's a lot of explaining uh, Mike, Mike, Mike and Isabel are not concerned Mike and Isabel are like it's a mysterious death, sure, no problem. They're not really that concerned that Michelle has found. Eric. Yeah, in the same time, too, remember, Kaz do genuinely care about Michelle. She, he cares cares in a way that, hey, I don't want to screw her over. I don't want to provide information that can compromise her, right? And he said that several times throughout the, throughout the few chapters that that. I like her. I don't want to destroy her career. At the same time, I want to protect her. So Cass is becoming a very big brother-like. Right. Right. And that's my opinion. That's that. That's sort of the the conflict between Mike and Isabel and Cass regarding Michelle. Always, there's always an issue. There's always an issue, no matter how you say it. Well, Mike's it, not happy a, about it. Mike's never happy. Mike's about never it. happy with anything. <laughs> so, he has an issue when the vacuum robot uh, or the yeah, Roomba but, but got hey, destroyed. Come on, come on. So, <laughs> he bought that. He loved that. That's legit gripe. Come on. Yeah, it is legit gripe. But at the same time, you have to like, you know, lighten up, man. Seriously. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about um, let's talk about the the power station here. I think the power actually station, before we get yeah? there, I have I have a question for you mm-hmm. because right after this, Kaz and Duke go for a walk. Oh and yes, they yes, stop yes. Good point. Yeah, good point. Good the point. Hopewell ancient. 
Hopeful, site. Oh, yeah. But my yeah. question is, why is this in there? Is it there to describe how yes. the strings work? Yes. And, uh, okay. Well, so okay. Yeah. Here, here, here it is. Here it is. I actually, I, I, after I read this portion, I actually stopped reading the rest of the chapters and actually rethink why is it there. Right, it's, my imagination start. My imagination start going crazy. So, the site that he found was a site with a swirl, with rings like a swirl rings, going out as about five feet off the ground, and the center part of the swirl actually is a, is a dot. It's literally like a like a dot, right? And um, how he's describing it, and uh, how he's wondering. So, the, the question actually came up with him saying that the, if. If humans are there, the gods tell them, hey, do this sort of like a monument for me. I will protect your land, right? But he said, I have no issues with that, right? From like tornadoes or flooded. If you have that, I'll protect you from that. But if you're telling me, if you're telling the people, put this together, I'll protect you from another a-hole of a god next door. That's when I have a problem. And to be honest with you, that was a very good analogy regarding this whole site. But here's the thing, though. When Kaz and Duke was walking... Right, and when Duke got caught around the tree with a leash, and how he's describing it is like, yeah, do you notice this? That the I'm holding your leash. You went around the uh, the tree several times. Now you're over there. You see my point here because you're stuck now, and I can't go anywhere because I'm holding you from this side, and you're being holding that side, right? So now you have this 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 uh, this this description of of of. Of literally the portal between between the two worlds, right? Right. So, and after that, when we go forward, fast forward to the future, future like chapter fifteen or a better part of almost like the last part or last part of this chapter. I mean, he actually described when he when Mike and and um, and Mike and Kaz was checking out the uh, uh, checking out magic, and sort of he starts seeing. Oh, sorry, no, he starts seeing. He started using his, his magic skills to see what's going on with the side, and he started seeing tentacles, almost like a wave. I, I, think, right? I think the actual description I prefer was strings. Yes. Or strands. I'm sorry, strands. Strands is what he said. Mm-hmm. And I prefer the idea of strands rather than strings or so forth. I think that makes a better analogy, especially with the portal when he gave the description to Mike about the portal and how it may not be closed and how he's detecting that. And... I, I would assume the Hopewell site is a a concentration of magic, and that's why it was built specifically there, because it is a concentration of these strands. And as we start going through the other chapters, we start getting an understanding of how magic pools in one place can be stronger in one place can be. And I, I really, when I was reading this, I thought a lot about Harry Potter. I thought a lot about how J.K. Rowling would, would discuss magic and how it... it it was very surface-like, but Craig Allenson likes to describe things very deeply. And although in Harry Potter you get a sense of how magic works and so forth and feels and that, in this, he goes into so much depth and information that it makes it more like describing how uh, a ship jumping through space works. He likes science. He likes to yeah. put a bit of a science yeah. spin on it. So he spends a lot of time describing the mechanics of magic. Mm-hmm. In these, and, that, and I think that's what you and I both found to be most interesting is that we could sit back and say, this is how much magic's being used. This is the distance you can work. And he gives specific examples in, the, in, in chapter 14 about this. Mm-hmm. But before we get there, 
I think you and I have to talk about probably the most important thing that happened in the chapters that we just read, which is Duke's package. <laughs> okay. Okay, so to make a long story short, yes, I love when when you when you started describing an, an, uh, like a, a thing in this book. I like make 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 the long story short. A package. Well, okay, everyone's away except Duke, uh, Azid, and Kaz. Everyone's gone, right? So Kaz was sleeping. He woke up because he hear a beeping sound. Next thing he looked outside the window and there's a truck, a FedEx truck backing up, right? And it's like, what's going on here? Is this, is this the, uh, um, the order found me or something or it's a surprise attack or whatever. So they, so he grabbed his holster, went downstairs and asked him, hey, what's going on? It's like, oh, we have a package here for Duke. Yeah. And he was like, as soon as he said that, I was like, that? I was like slapped in the forehead. Yeah. Like, oh, great. <laughs> and it's like, we have a package for Duke here. It's like, are you Duke? It's like, no, I'm Matt. It's like, but Duke does live here. It's like, okay, cool. So just sign for this and um, on my merry way. So he was like, then he saw the, uh, he saw the package that came from, uh, hold on, let me get my notes so I can make sure I get the name of the, uh, of the restaurant properly here. It's the Omaha Steak. So not the restaurant, but the place called Hi, Omaha. Well, High-quality steaks. High-quality steaks, yeah. High-quality steak from Omaha Steaks. So, he's like, WTF. So, he brought the package back inside, right? He brought the package inside and looked at it. There's, like, steaks. There's, like, hot dogs. You name it. Even there's tarts there. There's apple tarts, okay? And uh, he was, like, wondering, hey, Duke. Duke didn't answer. He said, I can see you behind the couch your tail is wagging get your get it get here so he came in and was like what is this i'm like i don't know what you're talking about i was like i've been i've been i've been told do not answer any questions without a proper representative and the next thing it's like who told you that uh, azid i was like azid azid came out next thing you know they start talking they're asking what did you order this how did you get this and all that stuff and um duke was like duke was like i was curious about the internet I'm like, okay. So it's like, I don't know what's going on with this internet thing. So he, he then after, next thing you know, they found out that uh, they could order steaks from TV. TV told them to order steaks. Azid was like, I'm skeptic. I'm very skeptical about this. Next thing you know, they went to the website, asked for a credit card. And guess what? Azid memorized his credit card, Cass's credit what card. What I like most is that I'm a gin. Nobody ever notices this. I just looked over your I'm shoulders just a every time. Every time you use your credit card, I just looked over your shoulder and memorized yeah. the number. And the best one is like, how? So you learn how to use the laptop. You can't even move your in your paws. Yeah, we got to talk about that. That that's not very. That's like discriminating against dogs. And next thing you know, it's like next thing you, which device did you use? Oh, we used Isabel's uh, pa- um, tablet. Next thing you know, Mike and Isabel showed up. And next thing you know, Isabel start delete uh start changing all passwords and the best part is this whole thing in my opinion when duke asked about you know what this, i was very curious about this doggy style thing and to be honest with you guys you humans are weird <laughs> and i was like that was good that was very very good that was the best way to uh to describe uh this little a funny term oil of happening in, uh, in 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 chapter 12 and to be honest with you that was good I well that. i also like that 
that Duke kept on talking about being a lawyer. Azib is cowardly and runs off. But then he starts talking about Giselle and how she's teaching him phrases. Mm-hmm. And they're going through the dictionary and she's teaching him phrases. And Kaz keeps on thinking, why are we teaching him all these things? Like, what, what is the purpose? That, that, that's, why, that's why you do not teach your dog how to read. Because they get very, very curious, like the internet and how memes work and how doggy style works for humans. And to be honest with you, I get this feeling he was very disappointed that that this conversation came up. But after all that fiasco... We went straight to the serious stuff about port about portals and substations blowing up. Well, I, I agree. And I mean, it, it makes me kind of laugh because uh, one of the funniest things about Azeeb is when he learns, when he admits to ordering 300 hours more food, and then he's like, you use the credit card a second time, and Azeeb says... You can use them more than once. <laughs> yes. Really yes. Good. When I heard that, that, I was really like, that's great. That, that was good. That, that was, was good. good. But yeah. Yes. I agree. The substations is an important point that comes up and again brings Michelle back into the fold, talking about multiple substations that have been attacked. Yeah. So, so going back to the previous episodes, we did talk about a substation blowing up. They've tried to fix it. The government agencies involved now, all that good stuff. So now, after they got everything up and running, a second substation exploded. This time, the FBI is involved. Uh, state police is involved. The government involved. Period, right? They're wondering if it's a safety issue or is it a uh, terrorist attack or all that stuff. But they end up labeling it as a domestic attack, right? The best domestic terrorist attack. But here's the thing, though. Michelle did call Kaz and ask him, are you involved in this again? And this is the second time he asked. Yeah, and she wants to know, does it involve magic? This episode is brought to you by the Hooded Goblin. Located at 30 Main Street in Halton Hills, a premium comics gaming and card store, a friendly gaming space with adjoining eatery with snacks and meals. You could spend the day reading your favorite comics or sit down with friends to enjoy a game and snacks all in one place. With a proud community that offers a safe space to play, talk, and enjoy a great meal. Drop by the Hooded Goblin and see the magic for yourself. So the magic that she's talking about is is kind of blaming Kaz, like, hey, did you use magic on these substations? And of course, he's like, no, no, of course not. Why would I do that? Like, come on. I was nowhere near these things, right? And and the same thing. Michelle keeps asking the same questions over and over again. Are you close to it? Is magic involved? How do you know it's not magic and all that stuff? That's when Michelle finally asks Kaz, can you figure this out? Yeah. And and after that conversation, Kaz did talk to Mike and Isabel and asked them, say, hey, this is what's happening. I think we should definitely find out if magic is involved with this. Which surprised, I mean, I think he even references it in the book, but it surprised me that Mike was on board. He's like, yeah, let's go check it out. I'm yeah, like, he, he was involved. Yeah, he, everyone, I, was, I was shocked, but at the same time, I understand why he wants to get involved and try to figure this out because it can actually affect his work as well, too. It, it affects Kaz, right? So, so Mike, sorry, uh, so, so after they agreed they're going to help um, to help Michelle so but first they got to figure out how to detect magic so they ended up using the astro uh, astrolade 
so to find out how the magic works so what they did is uh, they go to they go to the forest the state for, state uh, state uh, park and tested it say so so what Cass does okay fine let me bend this this uh, branch. branch branch yeah yeah and see if you detect it and it's like yes I can detect it okay let's go do let's go walk away and see and um, see if it's uh, if if power of if the amount of magic can be detected from the distance depending on how what distance it is so they did all this hoopla of um, of of testing and all that stuff to be honest with you, if you I suggest you definitely read the description it was, it was very, very extensive good. it was very very but but, yeah. but bluntly it, he basically determined that and the description he uses in the book is if you hear a leaf blower and you walk away from it you hear it less and less but the the power of the leaf blower doesn't change it's simply different so it's the idea of uh time and uh, time and distance do do matter in in, in how you the detection range of the astrolabe and we also talk a little bit about the astrolabe Mm -hmm. how it may be unique how they don't know if they have more of these, which I'm willing to bet they don't. I'm willing to bet they only had the one and it might be an issue because if we assume that somebody just arguably thousands of years ago, like Merlin made the thing, right? He just took a regular old astrolabe, which if people aren't aware is a device used for astronomy and uh, tracking the the movements of the planets and the sun and so forth uh, in ancient times. So it is an actual thing. It's not something made up. They just imbued it with the ability to detect magic. Yeah, so... So to make a to make a long story short, again, um, how how to describe it? Similar to a Doppler effect. So a sound remains the same, um, uh, let's say level dB wise, but depending what where you hear it, it actually goes for the, the further distance you are, the less. Uh, the last thing you hear. Same thing for the astro- astrolabe. So if you're if you're like let's say five meters away and you create magic, you can detect it. But as soon as you go further away, the magic uh, the astrolabe will detect less. Plus, on top of that, too, they found out that uh, Kaz's necklace, his charm, uh, does create magic if he's in a crowded space, for example. If it's oh, by actually, himself, no, it's he, fine. He, it creates magic if it's being activated and yes, leaves yes. a residual effect. Yes, yeah. So the that, astrolabe, yeah. if, if, this is how the Order was tracking him. They can track him anywhere that he's been with his amulet because it's working, it has energy in it, and they can track it for a significant time afterwards. They do the test in going to a store, coming back, and then... Mike goes back and says, "Yeah, I, I still detected you there." Yeah, so that's when they realize that uh, when he when when he goes around, there is a, there is a residual magic around if its magic is in use, so they can actually track as where he came from or where he was where he has he has been. So now they can actually make a they can make a determination where he comes. They can actually start tracking him that way. So that's actually a pretty good um, good good way to find out how powerful this astrolabe can be. It right. really is quite powerful if you consider what the order has been using it for, and it does not require somebody to be able to use magic as it's already imbued. So it already has a spell on it. Azibim even refers to the fact that he's not seen anything like it before. Yeah, so it's it's a it's a very good description that uh, what Azid knows and and technology wise regarding magic. So that's good. So now, 
So now after they figure this out, Mike actually figured out, okay, let's p- put this astrolabe in a box and use light sensors. So if the light triggers, if the lights gets triggered, it will automatically tell the people, hey, there is a magic going around. So they put this in a box, right? After they put this in a box where they're using a cell phone to or to, to do a connection to it, they can actually bring this out without telling people they have a, they can say that we have a device can detect magic. Which looks like a cell phone because he's checking his cell phone. Yeah, so he have this box in the back seat and he uses his cell phone to, to look at it remotely, right? So that's pretty neat, right? So now this is when it gets more interesting. The, the, after, the, after the second substation working, they got it working, everyone went home. Next year, the whole thing exploded again. But this time, they noticed from the cameras that... that Every single thing that they fixed exploded, but they had, but the outside camera detected this a glowing thing in the middle of a fence. That's when everyone's trying to figure out what's going on. This is when Michelle freaked out even more. Hey, we need to figure this out, right? So Michelle, so Cass called Michelle, tell, telling her that hey, we'll work for, we'll work with you to figure this out. Right, so meet me here outside the outside the store, whatever. And uh, next thing you know, Mike is like, "I'll meet her with no problem." But I'm gonna put it in disguise. So he, FYI, he is New Zealander. He dressed up like a Texan with a really bad Texan accent. So trying to get an Aussie <laughs> to sound like a Texan, yeah, it, New it, Zealander, yeah, New Zealander. Well, yeah, yeah. So he, so he met with Michelle. Michelle literally sees right through it. Hey, yeah, there's something wrong with this guy. He's definitely not a Texan. So she start probing him. Find out. It's like, you know what? Don't bother. I'm not going to tell you what I do and all that stuff. So they're like, they moved on. Right? I'm a professional. You're a professional. Let's just be professionals. Yeah, exactly. Idea, you know? And I mean, whether he, she sees through his disguise or not, he's not breaking character. It's just not going to matter. Right? Mm-hmm. I I did like the fact that she was kind of annoyed that Kaz wasn't going to go with her. And we're kind of happy that Mike can use the astrolabe. It gives uh, Sirtis a little bit more breathing room to do other activities, most likely in the future, which is what I'm assuming. The real question I have is, does the order have more of these astrolabes or something similar to it? I would make the assumption that what Craig is going to do is give a device that does a different action in some way. Because we still don't know how they, what they were using to attempt to open up the portal originally. Obviously, it wasn't the astrolabe. Maybe they found the, where the magic was, as we said earlier, pooled at, which was useful for them. But how did they open it? So there's a lot of questions after we get this information about the strands being everywhere and Kaz being able to detect them and they can change and flow and ebb. And the amount of energy around him does change as well. So I wonder, I wonder how much more the Order has in the way of magical devices that are imbued with spells because he's made that as a staple of the series now and especially with Mike using it. Yeah, it, it's again, it comes to the point as well. They did mention several, ep- several episodes already, like what you said, um, that uh, if... If Michelle starts looking for people who's buying hot, buying um, hotwell artifacts, there's a good chance that those artifacts is magical artifacts, right? And they can be used, as you say, 
it can be used to a certain uh, certain things like in the magic world that uh, that it can like for example it can make a person disappear for example, right? It's very Frodo and Lord of the Rings thing, right? So like the the flashlight from uh, Galadriel gave uh, Frodo, it's already magical flashlight liquid thing, but he doesn't need magic to turn it on. The same thing for the astrolabe, you don't need magic to turn it on; it just works, right? I suspect that wizards like Merlin, like Murdoch. I mean, I think these guys are going to come back up either in future books or in this book later on. I'm expecting that in future chapters, we're going to start to get into the Apophis level chapters, I would call them. Yeah, that's definitely going to be later on in the series for sure. But uh, let's go back to the um, when Mike met with, uh, with, with Michelle. That was actually a very interesting uh, conversation back and forth because that was very, very... Very good, to be honest. It was very, very nice to see the the interaction between Michelle and Mike, right? Um, so when Mike picked up Isabelle from a different location because he switched the locations right away just to make sure that no one's following Michelle, right? And uh, when when they met, they um, they said that. Uh, so Mike uh, Mike literally spilled, literally t- had a very good conversation with Michelle regarding wh- why Kazu wasn't there, what he does. How can you help us? How we can help you and all that good stuff. So they, after that conversation, they went to the first, first uh, 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 substation, right? He checked out the uh, the astrolabe, and the astrolabe said, "Yes, there is magical, res- uh, uh, there is magical leftovers, right?" So I was like, "Okay, you're right. There is ma- magic is was involved here, right? Okay, cool." So they went to the next sub uh, substation. Right, they have to go through uh, through roadblocks after roadblocks until you get there. They told him that he is not part of the list, so he has to park somewhere else. While while Michelle went inside, so he did check the uh, the the magical detector, the astrolabe. That's when he realized, oh crap, there's tons more magic here, a lot more magic. So. And so the uh, so he's there. So he, after his messages, he noticed that Michelle is still talking to the uh, to the FBI and the state police and all that stuff. And he started getting nervous. This is when he said, "Yeah, uh, that, this is when uh, when they when they announced that there is a thermite explosion explosive surrounding the asteroid, just in case someone tried to take it away from him and he can destroy it, right?" And when Michelle was walking back to the car, he noticed that there's state troopers surrounding her very casual way that's why he's like getting even nervous even more he almost blew it up the whole thing that's when that's when michelle came in i was like no we're good we're done we're out of here did you detect anything he's like yeah i did okay let's get out of here that's when i'm like okay i have this feeling that feeling that the next few chapter michelle's gonna be very very involved going forward now well the, the thing that i wonder about is if michelle is accepting of magic now now she knows that it's there she's constantly telling everybody well mostly Kaz of course that she's she, she'll have to turn them in she'll have to turn them in but really it's not about her job anymore it's more about whether or not she's going to be I'll say a sub member of his clan because it's the FBI can't do anything about magic so She's either going to assist him to do more things on sites or find sites or the resources at the FBI. He was sort of her in on, he wasn't going to turn him in because she believed him about magic. But in the end, 
She's now a member of the group, whether she wants to be or not, especially after this episode or episode chapter that she saw that the astrolabe was working and that she, this is all confirmed. Well, what's her next move? Is she going to go and say to Kaz, okay, I, I, Kaz can't get on the site to close it or to, to, to input it. The question is, where is it coming from now? Kaz doesn't have the answer. That's the answer she wants. Yeah, she, I agree. She wants to finish this off so she can go back to her normal day job of trying to figure out something else. But she, remember, she was trust. She was she was put in this position that uh, that it's literally like the, she, she literally bumped into Kaz while at the same time Kaz was trying to protect her right and now she says she is totally involved in this whole thing if I have this feeling because remember as, as of this point chapter 15 is the latest we read from 15 from 1 to 15 she's been you're right you're right she's been threatening Kaz that she will out him out right because the only magic she knows is the uh, when they met when when Cass saved her, but between now and he, now and chapter fifteen, between then and now, she was not exposed to magic. After that, but right? the, but now that she's exposed, now that so the next obvious obvious point to her is how are you going to stop this Cass? He doesn't know. No one knows. No like, one she, knows. She doesn't know either. She knows that Cass has no answers. Mike doesn't show any ounce of like knowledge of how to deal with this right so my i agree with you my my expectation next is she's going to become much more pivotal in the storyline because kaz they both need each other it's a very mutual relationship he gets information he would never get from her and also he he she gets the benefit of his knowledge or at least the experience to be able to verify these things but now that she knows it's magic how does she go back to her job and say to her her you know teammates whatever that oh it's it's no longer terrorists it's magic like you can't so, so she's stuck in the middle she she has no way out so so you're telling me that she'll switch side to set, uh, to to join Mike and Isabel I, I just I, I, I can see right there I, I got the thing I, I yeah, can see in your no, eyes no, no, that no, this no. is going to be no, a thing I'm for not them, saying right? she's leaving her job but what I mean is I think she's going to become more invested right now she's holding him at arm's length because she's like I'm an FBI agent when she understands the stakes of Apophis and all that, when that comes up, which might come up in the next couple of chapters, then she's going to start to turn, I think. I think it might become more about the mission than the job, is what I'm saying. Thank you for opening the book with us today. Subscribe so you won't miss our next episode. Join the conversation and let our team know what you think about today's episode. Email us at yourbookmarksinfo@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Join us again right here where you left off.